Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. Before hopping into the PT Pearl today, I want to talk about feet and more specifically wearing barefoot shoes. That is why Jen and I have been wearing Vivo barefoot shoes for almost the last four years, basically exclusively. And I seriously can't put my feet in anything else. When I go to a wedding, when I go somewhere else, I have stopped wearing old dress shoes because they are so uncomfortable and unnatural for my feet. And I'm the envy of the dance when I'm wearing my comfortable Vivo barefoot shoes, feeling great and not getting blisters. And especially coming into these cold months, Vivo now has barefoot style boots that are meant to keep your feet warm. So when Jen and I go back to Minnesota and it's snowing and it's cold, we can absolutely wear those barefoot style shoes that are also going to keep our feet warm. And we're so excited now too, because Dante, our little boy, is in his pair of first walkers from Vivo, the Pluma. So they have all different types of options for anyone in the family. And they're built in a way that are meant to help your feet grow and develop and work for themselves to improve the mobility in our toes and our arch and midfoot to grow the strength of our arch all the way through. There are studies and research that show that wearing Vivo Barefoot shoes help improve your foot strength, which is so vital and act as a foundation for our movement. So if you want our special discount code for our podcast guests only, go down to the link in the show notes. Make sure you use code TOB at checkout to get 15% off your entire order and get yourself in some barefoot foot shoes today. All right, let's get into the PT Pearl. Welcome back to another episode. Thanks for being here with us. Today, we are talking about optimizing your upper back or thoracic spine health. Now, this is a big one because I think it relates to posture a lot of how Mm -hmm. I should be standing and how to reduce the hump in the back of my neck. We'll have that linked up in the show notes so that you can listen to that podcast on Dowager's Hump. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about Okay, say you don't specifically have pain, but you don't want to have pain in this upper mid-back mm-hmm. region, right? Or we want to optimize even how we're reaching overhead, hinging and deadlifting, squatting, how we're moving, how our posture is. And this is all like what we're doing to optimize what's happening around this upper back. So this is all the things we're going to be talking about. I think when people think about upper back, one of the first thing that comes to mind is posture and is that Mm -hmm. rounded shoulders. Mm -hmm. And we are specifically leaving that to last (laughs) to talk about because we'll kind of touch on throughout how to adapt posture. Can we change posture? Um, But we're leaving that as the last like global point that we're going to talk about um, in this episode. But we want to just start by talking a little bit about the structure of the thoracic spine. I mean, overall, it is the majority of our vertebrae. It it takes up the most as far as the number of vertebrae. And it is seen as an area that should be slightly more mobile. We um, tend to have that forward rounded curve in the thoracic spine, which is normal. Mm -hmm. Um, And good. (laughs) And good uh, to have that forward curve in that thoracic spine. I think people just tend to associate it with like a really, you know, rounded rounded forward hunch. Right, exactly. And so which it can be a little easier to fall into that pattern because we have that kyphotic curve, right? We have a natural curve in that spine. So it's like, how do we reduce falling prey to increasing that flexion as we continue to age? And how do we optimize 
maintaining the curve, but maintaining mm-hmm. the mobility of that upper back. And so we want good rotation of this upper back, especially when we walk. Like we don't want to be stiff and rigid when we walk. And this is where we pull most of our mobility is from that upper back. And then that translates into the hips and how we're moving through the pelvis. So if we can move well in our upper back, then it helps to translate everywhere along the body as well. Mm-hmm. And even when we reach overhead, we don't want the low back to be doing a lot, or we don't want the neck to jet forward. We want that upper back to naturally extend really well so that we can get our arms overhead a little bit better. Yeah, I think it's that whole walking. It just helps me think of like, we want to have that reciprocity or the reciprocal motion. So when one leg goes forward on one side, we want to be able to rotate and put an arm forward on the other side. Like, Mm -hmm. That's why natural mechanics work the way that they do. So one thing we've been mentioning in all of these body optimization episodes that we're doing as a part of this series is the joint by joint method Mm -hmm. and whether we should be more stable or more mobile in Mm -hmm. an area. And we've already mentioned in the last two episodes that are part of the series that thoracic spine and our upper back should be more mobile. Mm -hmm. We should be trying to strive to have mobility in this area, which again is weird when you just look at the thoracic spine in itself because it's such a stable structure, mm-hmm. namely because of the rib cage that protects all of our thoracic organs mm-hmm. um, and really creates a stable cage. But we do want to maintain mobility in this area. Um, that being said, we want, really want to have stability in our low back and in our neck. And mm-hmm. again, we talk about that in the past two episodes, what exactly that means. Um which is why we want to, if we're having issues in our upper back, also make sure we're looking above and below at the low back and the neck. And I think this is where we then fall into a little bit of confusion of, oh, well, I have good core strength, right? I have a really strong core. I have a six pack. So I must be stable. I must be stable in my low back or my neck is super strong or whatever. And so we assume and we associate these things with what we're talking about here, but it's not. What we're talking about more so is the control and the awareness that you have within that stability of that low back and that neck when we're doing movement. I mean, I was just talking to Jen yesterday about this. Like we have friends and one of my friends is like, you know, my wife just always gets the, this back pain when we're doing deadlifts. He was specifically talking about and knowing how that friend of ours moves. I'm just like, well, and this was a few years ago. So I probably have better terminology to explain this to him now. But I said, well, she's probably not quite using her core or she, she probably needs to use her core more um, so that she's not overextending in the low back, something mm-hmm. to that extent, which I probably would say a lot differently now. <laughs> and his immediate response was, somewhat defensive for his wife like yeah no she's got a really strong core Which like she, she, does. <laughs> she has a very strong yeah. core i understand that that's not exactly what i'm saying exactly. i'm not saying she has a weak core i'm saying she might not be aware yes that she could be supporting more through her core right um and that's the exact point that jen's pointing out right now is that even if you have the strongest of all cores yeah that doesn't mean you're using it super well when you're doing certain movements and lifts. Right. And we talk about this because it it really helps to just optimize how we're moving. So if I not saying that you need to maintain whatever neutral spine means to you, whatever, we're going to move a little bit through the spine. But if we can optimize the pressure system that we use by creating a little bit more pressure 
pressure and stability for our own body within that lower canister. So around that low back and kind of around that neck area. Well, then I help so that I'm not just moving where I have more mobility through my upper back, right? So if I bend over to pick something up and I hinge, I'm not just going to automatically round from my upper back in that hinge. Mm -hmm. I'm going to understand how to maintain a little bit more pressure through that spine so that I hinge more from my hips rather than my spine. Or if I'm reaching overhead, I understand how to maintain that pressure system a little bit better and understand the control that I have around that mobility. And I'm not just going to extend from that low back, but I'm going to... uh, better be able to extend from that upper back. So it's getting mm-hmm. that like understanding of where I'm moving from and gaining better awareness so that when I put load on my body and I create more tension, I have a better use of my muscles from everywhere, from shoulders down to pelvis or all the way down to feet, right? Yeah. And this is something we'll, we'll show, You know, we'll talk about some movements that you can do but ultimately, it takes time to build this awareness within yeah. your own body. It takes time and practice and continuing to do it every day over and over again. Yeah, I mean, Jen would tell you and some of our friends would tell you that like when I initially met her, I, I did not have a lot of awareness at all, especially like kettlebell swings is one of the first things I think about. We had a friend trying to help me with my kettlebell swing. Yeah. And I was just so unaware that I was rounding more through my upper back and I was extending through my low back when I would swing the bell up and I wasn't engaging through my lats and I was, you know, my neck was probably all over the place. And that's just how I had trained, you know? And And he had a six pack and a very strong core. (laughs) And I, yeah, I mean, I squatted close to 600 pounds. I would clean and jerk 350, 375 pounds over my head. It's just like, insane the amount of things that I did in college without having the awareness that I have now. And it has taken me years. I mean, I still, when I do heavy overhead presses, struggle Mm. to not extend through my low back. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of my limitations in my thoracic spine extension. Yeah. Um, But it definitely takes time to develop these things. And it's also very tricky. And people listening are probably like, okay, so you want me to be stable in my core but you don't want me to be too rigid. I you know. still want me to move a little bit. I know. And, and yes, it's all of these <laughs> things. It's because we don't want you to be afraid of rounding the low back. We yeah. don't want you to be afraid of, of movement. Essentially, it comes down to like, we don't want you to move into the extreme ranges in a way that your body's not prepared for. Right. You know, th- there are people that we know that do move into extreme ranges under heavy load, mm-hmm. but they've trained their body for years, if not decades to do that. Right. And progressively over time, understanding, yeah. and they have better awareness of understanding how to control that, like not move as much into that spine and find more stability, and then also be able to find more mobility with the load. So it's like, it's really so important to gain this awareness and distinction within our body. So one thing, and we'll show this more on YouTube. So if you're, you can go to Doc Gen Fit and this video will be on YouTube as well to, to kind of see some of the exercises that we'll point out. But one thing we like to kind of 
talk about when you're doing more of a hinge movement. So think of more of like a stiff legged deadlift or even like just a regular deadlift. One thing I like to say is like, if I have a weight kind of in front of me, almost like I'm gonna do a goblet squat. So I bring a weight out in front of me and I kind of squeeze my elbows together and have that weight up by my shoulders and chest. Well, it kind of like if I do that motion just sitting, you can kind of feel that that kind of lifts and opens and extends that upper back, right? And I'm creating tension into that core. Well, now I'm going to just barely bend from my knees, but really sit my hips back almost like I'm closing a door or yeah. I'm I'm a foot away from the wall and I'm trying to just touch my booty to the wall without anything else. So that helps to create more of like that opening from the back of the pelvis to open and, and hinge from my hips while still holding those elbows in together and keeping a little bit more extension and, and pressure through that trunk and upper spine. So that can potentially help to start to build that pattern and awareness just in that hip hinge so that you're not rounding from that and, and gaining that mobility that's natural in that upper back. And then on the other end of the hinge, when you're standing up into like the extension, mm-hmm. if you're like coming up from that deadlift, a lot of people will just, they think that to get into the full hip extension or to activate those glutes, they really need to squeeze forward. And while yes, you're probably squeezing into your glutes, many people will also way overextend into that low back mm-hmm. in a way that's unnecessary. So using that tension that you create in the kind of thoracic spine area to also then kind of encourage the ribs to stay down, squeeze into the glutes, but almost feel, I I feel like when I started learning how to do this well, I almost felt like I was a little hunched forward Mm -hmm. when I would squeeze and get to the top of a deadlift um, because it was so foreign for me to not overextend in that Mm -hmm. low back. Yeah. I like to say, you know, think of your glutes as the thing that's powering you to come up, not to stay up at the top, right? Like we use our glutes to push the ground away from you. So it's almost like the glutes work most when they're from that lengthened position from the hinge to the way up. So not at the very, very top, you know? Like I think that's why we think, oh, I'm gonna really work my glutes by squeezing more at the top. Well, no, they're gonna work by opening really good at the bottom and then pressing the ground away. So instead of lifting the weight back, that kind of sometimes creates that overextension, I'm just pushing the ground away. And like Dom said, maintaining that good, stack of that rib cage over that pelvis yeah the next place that we wanted to kind of talk about was an overhead press like everyone a good quick test you can do is just stand up quick and lift your arms over your head pause there now don't change anything <laughs> what did your low back do what did your neck or your head do mm. and that's unloaded mm-hmm. right that's with no load or resistance applied now imagine it or try if you have dumbbells that you feel like would be a relatively heavy shoulder press for you. Maybe you could do five or eight reps of it. Now try to press that overhead. What do you feel on that low back or that mm-hmm. neck? Many people, myself included, mm-hmm. I used to be have a huge tendency to way overextend in that low back and kind of jut my head forward as I press that weight up. And mm-hmm. this is coming from compensations for many different reasons. But a good way that you can feel something different is sit on the ground, mm-hmm. right? And this is called like a Z press. Mm-hmm. Sit on the ground and do a Z press or a seated shoulder press, essentially. <laughs> I don't know why we give things fancy names that people <laughs> don't understand. It's a seated shoulder press. So sit on the ground. 
um, this helps keep that low back kind of locked or more in a neutral position. So even if you wanted to, you can't really extend. Or you fall backwards. You know, or you just fall backwards, <laughs> totally. And it, you don't even have to take a heavy weight to like start out. You could take 10 pound dumbbells, whatever, five pound dumbbells, um, and then press overhead and feel what that feels like to have your core or your low back more in a neutral position. Do you struggle to get all the way overhead without mm -hmm. feeling like you might fall back yourself? Yeah. Because especially if you have limitations in thoracic extension or shoulder flexion, mm -hmm. you know, it might start pointing out some of the places that we need to work on that thoracic mobility, maybe some shoulder mobility as well. Yeah, I love that one because it really, like you said, locks out that low back. Um, and then, you know, one of my favorites um, that I had learned, gosh, when did I learn this? A while ago, um, is a squat. And what happens, and I think what we've been conditioned to learn from a squat is to stick the bottom out to initiate the squat. So that kind of already puts you into that low back, kind of getting into that extension. And then squat, hips back, stay really far into your heels, right? And then and then stand up and squeeze your glutes. So all we're doing is tilting those hips forward and, and getting a lot of extension in that low back and then tilting under and getting flexion in that low back. And we tend to over use our mobility through that low back okay. in order to create that squat type pattern where really a squat should involve just the pelvis going straight down to the floor as much as possible and the knees going forward with that squat position. So we do want the knees to translate forward. That's going to get better ankle mobility, better foot mobility, better trunk control. And obviously this looks different for different people, but that is the goal of a squat. It's going down and up different from a deadlift that's going back and forward, right? So one of the things that I like to do to help support the movement of the low back and thoracic spine is kind of hugging like either a really big pillow or like a poof, I like to say. So we have like these poofs at home that I like to, an ottoman essentially. And you kind of, it, it makes you kind of round and and protract those shoulder blades a little bit, but it's going to help to control that that spine. So now I'm set up in that natural rounded position of that upper back. And if I take a breath in and I and I open my knees and just let that bottom try to go straight down to the ground, well, then I don't really move from that, that low back. So in that kind of hugging position, I can't really extend from that low back. It kind of locks me from being able to do that. So I hug this thing and I take a deep breath in, letting my knees go forward and out as I squat as far as I can, and then take a breath out as I come right back up. And it's going to help to kind of engage that intra-abdominal pressure to help stack that spine in whatever alignment is natural for me and, and keeps your body a little bit more in that natural spine alignment. Again, we'll show this on YouTube if you're not quite understanding what I'm saying here, but it's a really good practice exercise yeah. warm up that you can use for that pressure in the spine. Yeah. And all three of these things, I mean, relatively obscure complicated yeah, sounding exercises that could that can really make a drastic difference in what you feel mm -hmm. and that's the reason that sometimes we'll take these these external cues or these external devices and try to use them to get your body to do something different right because when we're so used to doing something a certain way it might take 
something obscure and yeah. random and, <laughs> you know, complicated. Something a little different. To break us out of that pattern yeah. and help us feel like, oh, wow. <laughs> and we hear that a lot, like, oh, wow, I've never felt blank. I've never mm -hmm. felt my core actually feel engaged. Like, I know what this feels like now. Um, so, give those three a try. And next big point to optimize thoracic health is thoracic mobility. Yeah. We want our thoracic spine to be mobile. Um, great place to start is passively, <laughs> you know, just almost getting a nice passive opening of that thoracic spine, but mobility isn't just passive. So we want to progress from that, but to start passively, this is going to look kind of like an open book, mm -hmm. but it's almost a, an exercise that was just going to help you relax into it. So you're going to start laying on your side, your top leg will be over pressing down into a pillow or a foam roller or something. And then you just open up. And what we want to do when we're opening up, it, I kind of like to try and press my front arm forward almost as my top arm is relaxing down towards the ground. And then just hang out there and breathe. Mm. And as you take big breaths, expand into that low rib cage. And then on the exhale, try to feel yourself be able to just melt a little bit more towards the ground mm -hmm. with that open hand. Yeah. That's a great way to start to find that opening and that rotation. And then we want to make it a little bit more active. Okay, now I've, I know that my body can get into rotation. So how do I actively get into that rotation? Um, a good one that we like to use is just being on all fours in a quadruped position. And you can, sometimes I like to find rotation first and inflection by kind of getting your elbow down toward the ground. And so you let your body, um, relax down, kind of exhale, drop that elbow to the floor, and then inhale as I drive my bottom hand that's on the ground down mm. and then drive, start to drive my elbow up to the ceiling with a big inhale and then reach that arm all the way up with that full inhale expansion and then exhale and drop that elbow down. And so you start to find that ability to rotate a little bit more through that upper back. And plus being in that quadruped position, hopefully the knees stay down so your pelvis doesn't move too much, you know, and you move mm -hmm. more from that upper back. And then one of the, I guess there's a few other steps, but um, <laughs> the last one we'll show mm -hmm. is called a chop. And this mm -hmm. is how we can start to load thoracic mobility. You usually use a band or something that's attached to uh, a door or a rack mm -hmm. in a gym or something like that. And for the chop, you can be standing in a lunge. Yeah, you could stand in like a lunge. You can go into a tall, a, a kneeling lunge. I mean, you can really do it with any foot position you right. want. You can you can be in a lunge with kind of like the leg away from the door <laughs> forward um, or tall kneeling with both knees on the ground. You could even do it in standing and just kind of a mini squat. But essentially, you're taking your hands from up towards one shoulder, like whether it's your right shoulder or your left shoulder, it's going to be kind of pointing up and away over that right shoulder. And then you pull the band down to the opposite hip. So if you're going from your right shoulder, you're going to kind of go to the left hip as you rotate through that thoracic spine. I think I was kind of thinking doing it in some sort of a lunge, whether it's a kneeling lunge or standing lunge, because it's going to help focus that movement through the thoracic spine by locking out that lumbar spine a little more. Exactly. And you could do chops in all different directions, but it's a great way to find that stability through that active, you know, control and mobility. And, and this also then translates into so many other movements, whether 
we're now tossing a ball. Like this is where we want to be rotating from that upper back, whether you're going for a walk or a run, we want to start, like if we work on that passive and active mobility of that thoracic spine, the hope is that it starts to translate into everyday functional movement, going on a hike, going for a run. We start to move a little bit more naturally from that upper just back. just don't feel as stiff. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then we go into um, one of our main points, always, always when it comes to optimizing the health of your body is how we're breathing, where we're breathing from. If I can start to, you know, just downregulate my system and change my my pattern into my parasympathetic, my rest, relax, digest fr- instead of my sympathetic and and always having my my shoulders up into my ears, then I help to relax tension around my body so that my rib cage can move a little better. I can move from my thoracic spine and I hopefully hopefully help to reduce pain within my body. I mean, yeah, the breath we've talked about in the past two optimization episodes, we might mention it in all of them because it is (laughs) truly that important just being able to learn how to breathe deep, expand through that low rib cage downregulate a little of the tension that many of us might carry in our chest, neck, upper shoulder muscles, um, and find a little bit of that extra mobility. I mean, it's really going to help us become more mobile in our low rib cage, more mobile in our upper rib cage, because we won't have so much tension in those muscles, kind of locking things into place to a degree, um, and just find more ease and freedom in movement. If you recognize when we talk about most mobility exercises like in the thoracic spine it's associated with breath that's because when we're consciously breathing when we're breathing with more of a calm parasympathetic manner it's going to help us relax into movements and be that much more effective with our mobility anyway right and when you start so everyone right now like to put your hands on that low kind of rib cage and take a deep breath into your hands and then just a relaxed exhale. And what you should notice is that it already starts to align the spine. So we start to fall into a more natural posture without forcing a new posture. Because mm-hmm. if I expand from my rib cage in a 360 degree manner, it automatically kind of stacks me and puts my head over my pelvis and helps me to find more balance within my system. And that's really what we want to do. Find more balance within your own individual system. So now we start to change our posture. And what we have to realize, especially if we're thinking like, oh, I'm falling into the rounded posture, or my, I'm getting that hump back and all that stuff. Well, this is from years of adaptation years yeah you always get the question like how do i get rid of the hump right and then the i mean the follow-up question is like how long did it take the hump to (laughs) to develop to to form or develop or how long have you been in that type of posture and that and that's where i say you know it's going to take years to probably start to reverse and don't get discouraged by that i hope you get motivated to say there's so many more years left of your life even if you're older (laughs) that can still create change, change for your body so that you could feel something different, right? And there's no, we've mentioned it before, there's no perfect posture, but it's if I'm in a position where I have to be at a desk a large period of the day and many hours and I'm falling into this more static posture, what am I going to do to reverse that static posture throughout the day and throughout life? Yeah. And I mean, in talking through all of this and 
like I said, posture is one of the biggest topics that comes up. And it's funny that we talk about breath as being something that can help with mobility and posture. And when people ask me like, what's the best stretch everyone should do every day? Breathe, you know, sit down and do conscious breath for two minutes. What can I do for my posture <laughs> if I do something for two minutes every day? Breathe, <laughs> breathe consciously, just mm -hmm. sit and breathe. And it's going to help you so much with the general tension in your body, but also to start long-term helping your body find a different ease of movement in a different position. And in talking about all the things that we just talked about, if you haven't checked out Gen Health yet, the membership that we have has a neck and upper back plan. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the components we've talked about in these past two full body optimization um, episodes will be in this neck and upper back plan. Mm -hmm. And you can go and sign up for free trial. You get a week for free, which helps you do half of phase one of that plan. Um, and there's multiple phases. And if you use code optimal, uh, when you sign up, you'll also get a discount on your first month of the membership. And I think the last little point to just kind of drive home is that you, you know, when we improve our strength throughout our entire body, we improve our resilience um, to pain and injury and life circumstances that might happen. So as much as we talk about mobility and we believe mobility is so, so important, we also believe getting strong within your body cannot be neglected in all, in all circumstances. So, you know, changing your upper back mobility and, and stability and how it feels isn't just about doing rows and making your back really strong, but it's also about being really strong as we push and we pull and we do it from from above and hanging to right in front of us in that row push-up position, you know? So how can we improve our strength overall, double arm, single arm, different <laughs> planes of movement while we work on improving our mobility and our breath? Which in the membership, once you're done with the neck and upper back plan, <laughs> you'll just go over to the full body low impact plan, which is the strength plan. Yes. So perfect transition there. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another PT Pearl, all about that thoracic spine optimization. This is just episode three in the full body optimization series. So if you have friends that have different areas of the body, they might be looking for tips and tricks to help optimize, share the podcast with them. We're coming out with every single area of the body as a part of this series, and we can't wait to bring you the next episodes. If you're interested in starting and getting that free week trial on the Gen Health platform, check out the link down below. It's just gen.health backslash free trial. Make sure to use code optimal at checkout to get an extra discount on your first month of the membership, and we'll see you next time.